Hello and welcome to Global Supply Chain Week. I'm Lorianne LaRocco, Senior Editor of Guests at CNBC and a columnist for American Shipper. And joining me now is the Director of the Port of New York in New Jersey, Sam Ruda. Sam, thank you so much uh, for uh, joining us today. Uh, let's get right to it. Uh, the port, as one of many, have released the uh, the year on numbers. Tell us how the uh, the year went. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Lorianne. Well, not surprising, very much like the trend we're seeing really across all ports. Uh, we had a record year in uh, 2021. Uh, we actually f- uh, finished the year about 14,000 TEUs under uh, 9 million. So I guess we could round to 9 million, but we're just slightly uh, under that. And just to put that in perspective, it's about 18% over our uh, 2020 volumes, which was itself a a record year. So, I mean, 18% is unprecedented unprecedented growth, but uh, obviously a new record for uh, the Port of New York and New Jersey. That's fantastic. Uh, in an exclusive interview I just had with uh, Port, Ambe, uh, Port Envoy, John, John Bakari, he told me that he sees that the volumes that you guys have been processing, he said to me several times during the conversation that that volume that you're processing is the floor now in terms of TEUs that will be coming and moving forward, not the ceiling. You and I both know the port has been efficient in moving uh, through the port what now now hearing that the port envoy is saying that is a floor looking forward what are what is the port doing for the efficient move of trade moving forward yeah well uh, just again I, I think grounding and what it all means at a practical level help, helps the conversation but just to put that you know some grounding here you know, that that's a run rate of between you know 70 to 73,000 gate moves per, per week. So uh, John is saying that's the floor. Uh, and that's, that's this is a very topical uh, discussion of, you know, has is, is this just a, a COVID blip or is it a, a structural shift and sort of what happens, what happens next? So I'm not, you know, I'm uh, be the last person to argue with uh, the supply chain uh, czar. Uh, but I would say two things. One, Really, it'd be hard to make a case that even with, you know, I think there's been a shift in on the demand side. And certainly that, that shift has been accelerated because of COVID shifting away from, um, you know, the service economy to the goods economy. But there has been and continues to be an escalation in, in e-commerce. So I, I, I'm in the... Uh, I am in the structural shift. This may be the new floor. So it really poses the question of, is it 18% going forward or do we turn to, do we return to a more moderated, you know, growth going forward? And yeah, yeah. It, when, when you look at the port, it's more than just the vessel coming in, right? It's, it's the, the entire process, which is so exciting. Um, talk about the, the, the data sharing, the, how you guys are able to do what you do, because when you look at the efficiency in terms of the turn times, a lot of ports out there could be a little envious in terms of how quickly you are able to move the trade in and out. Well, listen, there there have been, uh, we're, we're not at all declaring uh, victory at the Port of New York and New Jersey. We have a, uh, we've really had it now for almost the entire duration of um, 
COVID, we, we have a, a stakeholder uh, a call that includes the Port Authority, the terminal operators, labor, trucking, uh, obviously the marine terminal uh, operators and other other, other stakeholders. Uh, you know, I think if we had, you know, representatives from the trucking industry on, on the call, they would be saying, A, turn times are, are too long, B, real challenges on um, uh, returning empty, not at every terminal, not all the time, a shortage of chassis. So there are there are some structural issues, and in one of them, I, I, I would just I would just put into the category of trucker user experience, and you know we have to have really laser like focus on on improving that. You know, turn time is just one dimension. Um, there's obviously a, a lot of operational capacity related issues that sort of dovetail from what I what I just talked about, but uh, we're not you know. Uh, we, we've we've certainly have have not had the certainly as measured by, you know, vessel backups and, and, and everything. We we have seen a spike. You know, birth birth occupancy is running close to 100 percent right now at the at 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 the port. So uh, we have our work cut out for us. And if John is correct that uh, we have now a new a new floor, and he may very well well be, you know, this really gets into we. We, we've lost five years of planning time. <laughs> you know, we've had basically had five years of growth in basically 22 months. And uh, so we, we've lost that cushion. So it is really a floor to the pedal on sort of the next iteration of infrastructure capacity. And you know, we can talk more about that on, on this uh, in this forum. You know, when you're looking at um, looking at that the five years growth, right, within 22 months, is it the success of interconnectivity within the port? What kind of data sharing? What can you tell me? I mean, like Prakari says, the, what he's laser focused on right now is data sharing across the board, you know, for the entire good supply chain. Well, listen, let, let me let me say on, on, on data sharing. I mean, so no, no one... Certainly not myself. I don't think anyone at the Port Authority is going to raise their hand and saying there's, there should be less data. You know, I, I think in all things, not, not just supply chain, more data is king. Good data is emperor or empress. So I, I think you know we our model is is a landlord model, and that that may give some some to think, oh, well, the Port Authority just you know. Is, is clipping coupons and collecting the rent. No, we, we, we have a very hands-on, we need to, being a landlord, that's the choice that we've made in terms of our, but that doesn't exonerate our our, our, our role in being the steward of, of, of these assets. Yes, we have private terminal uh, operators. So this is very topical right now uh, with the uh, Commissioner uh, Bensel, FMC Commissioner. So, there's going to have to be more standardized data sharing. Uh, we, we, and we've, we already have a port system. We just need to build, uh, build on it. So I, I think more data, better data sharing, more timely, all, all right there. But I don't think, I don't think that's just, I don't think that's, that's the complete, that is the complete picture. You know, we, when I say we lost five years of planning, I mean, that's, that's, Port Authority, our terminal operators. So we have to be very thoughtful now about 
our, our, our land use planning, uh, how we're allocating the land as a port authority. Uh, we may very well, and we've certainly put it on our strategic priorities for uh, this year, we have to look very carefully about whether we need some uh, additional uh, land just devoted to um, uh, empty empty containers. You know, that's that's a big thing, no matter what port, right, around the country. It's yeah. it's it's uh, export dwell time, import dwell time. Let's drill down on that. From, from sure. the port of New Jersey, what can you tell us from your vantage point as it relates to, let's start with import dwell. Mm-hmm. Well, when you talk to the terminal uh, operators, this gets a little bit into that data data sharing. You know, the terminal operators. Uh, you know, we don't we don't have you know, daily, every minute of the day. You know, input. But I, what I can tell you is, is that you know, sort of before COVID, so the 2019. You know, you pr- probably when you talk to the individual terminal operators, you probably say any any anywhere from three to six percent of the cargo was going into demurrage, meaning for, for, for here, you know, after the five days, uh, five days free. That has clearly spiked. Uh, and so I, I would, you know, again, it's it's gonna it's gonna be different across terminals, carrier cargo mix is gonna be different. But it it has basically, you know, if you talk to them, you're hearing consistently not all the cargo, but a lot of the cargo, 11, 12, 13, 13 days. Mm-hmm. Now, th- this is a real important, you know, component of the, not the only component, but it's a real pivotal component of fluidity. Uh, obviously, our terminal operators all have tariffs. There's penalties, charges for free time. Uh some BCOs are certainly, you know, y- using the terminals for, <laughs> for warehousing. Uh, there's definitely some villains uh, out there. We know, we know who they are. Uh, we have to be vigorous and relentless to keep these, to keep these boxes moving. And I think our, you know, our terminal operators balance commercial considerations with the need for the terminals to be fluid. Capacity. This whole discussion in this COVID issue has been really been a function of, in terms of the here and now, your ability to flex your existing capacity. Actually, for the Port of New York and New Jersey, I think we've actually done a very good job at, at that. Um, maybe we were a little bit lucky in the fact that uh, we had some big. We concluded some big infrastructure projects before COVID hit. You know, we, we had we had the, the the channel deepening. We got the fifty the fifty feet. We got the Bayonne Bridge uh, done. So, you know, didn't have as much backlogs related to just the waterways infrastructure. But those two projects generated a host of physical infrastructure at the terminals: berth deepening, craneage, more cranes, higher, further reach at crane. So. You know, we, we had sort of this this run up to this that I think put us in a very good position to be able to flex some of this capacity because all the issues that are happening on the West are happening here. Trucker mm-hmm. shortages, chassis shortage. We have a little bit of a different chassis uh, model here. So I think the real challenge is, is, hey, capacity is not infinite. I mean, you can make create new capacity, there, but, you know, that doesn't happen uh, o- overnight. Uh, so, you know, we have to be very thoughtful about operating models and, you know, just how we're running it. So we cannot just have cargo 
full or empty, just sitting at the at, at the at, at the at the terminals. Um, this is just a whole cascade, and and so it's not just the BCOs. I mean, I, I having having worked for a retailer before, I, I know how I know how buying can be very opportunistic. Um, the fact that there's supply chain delays may be causing buyers to buy more, getting as much cargo as they can handle. Certainly there's been a, seemingly there seems to be a change in orientation to, uh, maybe we're not going to run so lean anymore on inventory. There's labor shortages, warehouses. So, I mean, there's a lot of cascading uh, impacts uh, here. Um, We may not be able to solve all those things, but uh, we we certainly have our work cut out for us at at, at the terminal uh, level. Well, I know, Pakari, we spoke about the free time that you yeah. mentioned. And and I said, you know, some retailers have, you know, 30, 40 days free time. And yeah. that's a lot of time. And Pakari said, he's like, we know who they are. We're talking to them and we're making this a proactive measure. I mean, yeah. you know, but both know you give an inch, they, you know, you take a mile. Uh, you know, on the flip side, the empty container dwells. You know, that that's a horror show in and of itself. Where are you moving those now? Well, they are on. So so for the Port of New York and New Jersey, so, you know, a couple of things. Uh, we were able through a variety of initiatives, not just with the Port Authority, but obviously with our terminal operators. Uh, the chassis are, are, for the most part, off our container terminals. They, they're near terminal. Uh, but they're not on terminals, so that that was a sort of a plus for yeah, this gateway going into in, into um, you know COVID. Uh, obviously, there are a lot of there's a lot of um, you just do a drive through the port, both on terminal and and, and off terminal. You just see stacks of containers, uh, empty containers. So the terminal operators are clearly you know coordinating with the um, the shipping lines. To you know, make sure that they're they're repositioning uh, the, the, those empties now. So this is a bit of a two-sided coin for us, and this is a real important issue for the Port of New York and New Jersey because of sort of the you know the rotational realities of our gateways. So we we tend to be first port of call for about seventy-five percent of the the vessel strings. That's very good. You get the intermodal cargo, uh, big gateway port. Then what happens is you know. Those vessels go down the, the coast. Now, so you got it. That's that's your only opportunity to. Uh, that's one of two opportunities to load the empties. Now, some of the services then come back to New York. Now, uh, look at there's there's been congestion, uh, certainly on the West Coast, South Atlantic. So we we've been having an issue where, in some cases, you know, you 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 may have. Instead of that ship coming back, it's been delayed. So you may have actually two to three inbound vessels before you get that vessel back to, to load empty. So this is just sort of the, some of the operational re- re- realities. Look, I am, you know, I, I'm not I'm not telling the supply chains are or, 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 or ports what they should do. We, we, I think we have world-class marine terminal operators. They know how to operate the terminals. They know what conversations to be having with, with terminals. They have their own tariffs to set uh, free time demurrage demurrage rules. It is really co- complicated in terms of the 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 Lorian the the, the 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 item that you talked about in terms of the that interface between 
the BCO in the carrier for free time. Then there's also the, the terminal use agreement that the carrier has with the marine terminal. And those two things may not be in alignment. In, the, in other words, the commercial arm of a carrier could be extending lots of free time in their, in their agreement. And then their agreement with the underlying terminal operator may, may be the same, higher or, or lower. So, you know, when you start actually peeling the onion on this whole free time issue, it, it, it's complicated. But the, but the complication that all the moving parts is not an excuse for not trying to make improvements on this. Yeah, well, and it's all siloed. I mean, maritime yeah, is very siloed. Yeah, yeah. And 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 that's what's part of the conundrum is, you know, we're talking about the chassis issues and and things like that. Let let's dive into there because, you know, I you know chassis are being made here in the United States. I mean, we don't. We, but you know, supply and demand is so out of whack. How are things right now as it relates to chassis and returning that empty equipment? Well, I would tell you right 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 now, forty foot chassis. Uh, are at a premium, so really, really tight. Now, you know, sort of the macro picture is is that the supply lines of uh, chassis manufacturing from China has, I think, come to a a, a standstill. Um, part of that was um, uh, uh, tariffs imposed under the Trump administration, but continue today under, under Biden. So I'm not making a political statement; just reporting mm-hmm. the as is situation. I think the domestic chassis uh, uh, industry uh, also uh, won a case uh, and has countervailing tariffs. So actually, there's two levels of tariffs on uh, uh, Chinese manufactured uh, chassis. So that whole supply from China has, I think, has come to almost a a standstill. Now there are other other non-China manufacturing uh, sources. Uh, and also the, the domestic uh, the domestic sources have certainly you know sprung to action. Certainly from their perspective, these tariffs and countervailing tariffs are, are a good thing. It promotes, but I, I think their ability at the moment to you know they're facing the same issues as other people are: parts supply, labor supply. So I don't think it's a one for one that that. Um, uh, international flow of chassis has all been made up from a combination of either non-Chinese manufacturing locations and the domestic source. I think we have a, we have, we have, we still have a structural gap. Mm -hmm. Uh, So that's, so that is one. Number two is, so we're not a ground, uh, our terminals are not grounded. So, uh, so they're not taking up chassis at, at the terminal. Uh, But we talked about the increased dwell time at the terminal you talk to the um, chassis lessors, you know, the the, um, the chassis dwell out to consonate has also, you know, spiked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's just creating just a, a structural shortage of, 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 of chassis. Um, and I don't have, you know, I mean, I, I think, I, I think the IEPs are all trying to, um, you know, get it, Get as much product as they as they can, but I I think it's uh, it's tough sledding right right now, and very very concerned about this. What about the dwell time of exports going out? What can you tell us there? You know, 
I, I don't think that is a a is as much of a a structural as much of a structural problem in in, in our in our port. And I don't, I don't want to minimize the, the export flow. Uh, exports, you know, uh, were actually down uh, at the port of New York and New Jersey. And I'm talking export laden. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, here, here, not 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 ended down about seven. Seven percent. I haven't done the deep dive in terms of the commodity breakdown by that. Although uh, our, our agricultural mix has actually held steady, and may have actually grown. Uh, you know, we're getting we're getting a fair share of uh, mid Midwest. Some of the some of the grain uh, in containers is coming our way. Some of that's being transloaded here from uh, bulk rail. So I don't, I don't really think that is so much of a an, an issue. I, I know that's an issue. Certainly, it's been an issue out on the West Coast, and I, and I and I know that for exporters, especially the the ag exporters that rely on Oakland. Well, those ships just aren't coming to Oakland right now because they're stuck, you know where. Uh, so that we we haven't really had that that problem here. You know, you touched on it earlier about um, you know being first port, port of call. The Port of New York, New Jersey, has seen its share of additional strengths, right, because of the of, of yes. just freight. Um, are we seeing any additional future growth coming in? I've been speaking with my logistics uh, CEOs, and they're telling me, you know, they're planning now as early as April to start moving more trade to the East Coast in anticipation of a possible strike on the West Coast. What are you seeing? Yeah, well, enlisted, I, I, I want to... It's not my style. I, I'm not. I'm not marketing against any other port or either other coast. So you know, <laughs> I wish everyone good good fortune. I mean, we, we we need the ports to be thriving because there's there's plenty of a cargo for everyone to to benefit uh, here. But we have been seeing you know when I when I tell you that major importers have been contacting our marine terminal operators and the Port Authority about gateway uh, diversification. Uh, that has really uh, accelerated, um, I, I'd say, in the last six months and, and, and continues. Now, I can't say whether that's because of, you know, I think uncertain, uncertainty around the uh, 22 West Coast labor contract. It's out there. I mean, look at that very well could be a non-issue and gets, but I, but I think it's out there and it creates uncertainty on top of a lot of uncertainty right now. So that is out there. You know, we, we are seeing and, and hearing from our carriers and marine terminal operators. I, I mean, people are the order book for, 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 for new larger ships, very strong out there. Uh, we've seen, you know, we had a new Wan Hai service. Uh, Wan Hai was never on the East Coast. They're on the East Coast, and certainly New York figures on that. So, yeah, we, we I don't, I don't view this as just a Port of New York, uh, New Jersey uh, issue. I, I think the East Coast is going to see uh, not only continued larger vessels, but more vessel strings being deployed. Wonderful. Is there anything else you want to uh, add, Sam? Um, you know, no. I, I, maybe, maybe one one point. Look, look at this. This is a challenging, challenging time. I mean, we, we've talked about all, all the topical issues. You know, I, I would just say, you know, all this has been happening, and I'm really just 
being very New York, New Jersey centric uh, here. This has all been happening with also a, a COVID uh, overlay and an Omicron uh, overlay. And, you know, in, 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 in the early, in the very early stages of, uh, of uh, COVID, you know, everyone wanted to be a critical business so they could stay open. And certainly that was true of, of, of the ports. But, you know, I just want to call out our, our marine terminal operators and especially uh, labor, the ILA and the, and the, and the leadership of uh, Harold and, and, and Dennis Daggett. I mean, we have all been joined at the hip. I mean, one thing, I can't speak for anywhere else, but labor, Port Authority, the marine terminal operators, I mean, everyone is talking to each other, coordinated, sharing information. Uh, people are working really long hours. And, you know, goal really has been not just to move lots of cargo, which we're doing, but to keep people safe. And that continues to be, and healthy, and that really continues to be our, you got to start from there, and then everything flows from there. That's it. Well, thank you so much, Sam, for joining us. Yeah, thank you.